The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursiffingpoint.com and by Michter's American Whiskies. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fred Minnick Show. I'm Fred. I am so excited about the guest that we have today, Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, I think this guy, man, he is an amazing country music singer and just an overall talent. But most importantly, this man has a beard. I mean, he's got the beard of beards. Anybody with a beard like myself looks at Jordan Davis and says, you have like the coolest beard ever, bro. Really do. So as we are all trying to figure out our fashion statements for the pandemic, a lot of men have had a beard, and Jordan's beard is better than all of us. So congratulations, Jordan. You gave me uh, an incredible complex for my beard. But uh, I kid, I kid, I kid. But I'm so excited about this interview because he's a huge bourbon fan. We talk about his bourbon collection, and we also talk about his music and what it's like to live in the middle of a pandemic as a musician. And uh, I hope you go check out his stuff. Like, he he is so talented. So, so talented. But uh, enjoy this interview. But first, a word from our sponsors. Imagine this, an experience centered around five Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour distilleries in northern Kentucky, the gateway to Kentucky bourbon. Add five amazing bourbon-centric bars and five delicious bourbon-focused restaurants, cultivating the freshest takes and culinary delights, and you are on the beeline. Start your trip today at findyoursippingpoint.com. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single-barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Joining me now from Nashville, Tennessee, Jordan Davis. How you doing, man? Doing great, Fred. Thank you for having me on, man. Heck yeah! I got to tell you, I just I just trimmed my beard today, and I feel bad because <laughs> I'm looking at this man of awesome beardness, and uh, I feel like I let you down. I should have let it kept going, but man, today's my first haircut. I needed it, you know. I needed it. Mm-hmm. I'm shaggy. I uh, man, I. This quarantine, I was worried because I feel like I was going to come out of it looking like Phil Robertson of the Duck Dynasty clan, beard down under <laughs> my positives of quarantines. I've had to had to trim my own beard, and uh, and I have. I, I I feel comfortable doing it now. Before I was terrified. Well, I I'm a little bit in the same boat. I did trim my beard, and and I got it 
like this side over here was like about an inch under over that side. So there was about like a two week period where I was like making sure I didn't show this side, my face when I was on camera. <laughs> See, that's my nightmare. That's like, that would be, that would be terrible. Well, you're, you're more so than me, man. Your beard's your moneymaker. You can't, you can't screw that up. I got you back. Sorry. It was cutting in and out. All, all I was saying is like, your beard is your moneymaker. You can't screw that bad boy up. I can't, man. That's why I, I put this, I put it in the hands of, uh, her name's Alex here in Nashville. She does a great job. Awesome. No, I lost you a little bit there. Uh, so, you know, you're, uh, how you holding up in quarantine other than the beard stuff? Man, it's been good. You know, I got, I got a six month, six month old daughter. Like that's been the, her, uh, you know, it's been, we've been running wide open for the last three years, touring, you know, jumping one tour to the next and, uh, and to be able to just, you know, ha wake up in my own bed for more than two nights in a row has been, has been a, a huge step on with some friends in town. Uh, it's, it's been pretty awesome. That's good. Well, I know I, I sent you, uh, I sent you some, uh, some whiskey. You uh, did. I'll go over a little bit of what I sent you. I sent you the, uh, uh, Larceny, uh, barrel proof. This is a B520. I'm really high on this. Um, sent you the Parker's Heritage, uh, collection, uh, the 11 year old single barrel, arguably the best, uh, of that particular collection. And then I sent you uh, Wyoming whiskey, and Wyoming whiskey. This is their cash strength, um, and it's basically just to show you that you know bourbon can be made outside of Kentucky, and guess what? It can be good outside of Kentucky. There we go. And then I, I sent you uh, 291 Colorado rye whiskey, finished in Aspen staves. So this is kind of like a new age, like a new style of whiskey from 291. Yeah, kind of exciting stuff, and of course, uh, two ninety one is a show sponsor. But uh, I do like their stuff. I like what they're doing there. So, uh, you know, I always like to just kind of learn a little bit about one's uh, whiskey history. Now, you're from Shreveport, Louisiana, and um, I know you all do a little drinking over there in, uh, in Shreveport. Yeah, we uh, we definitely definitely love to tip a bottle back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, and also in Baton Rouge, man. Going to school in, in LSU, uh, that was where I first kind of—that was where I really pushed my drinking limits, uh, not in a healthy way. Uh, a lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, you know, I, I, I think it was called old time, early times. I, I lost you. Broke up there on me there, but you said early times. Uh, early times, old time, uh, basically anything that was anything that was super cheap at the liquor store and would mix well with Sprite or ginger ale is kind of where my <laughs> my whiskey started. Uh, luckily, I have been 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 able to get around a lot of people that that enjoy whiskey and it, it taught me a lot about it. And also getting into cigars through college and and it kind of enjoy a cigar every once in a while and what goes better with a with a good cigar than a strong a strong glass of whiskey yeah 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 i agree i agree well let's get to it uh i want to start with actually the wyoming whiskey the wyoming uh, uh barrel shrink bourbon here 
Uh, reason why yeah. is, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of want to taste it again. I think that's the main reason why. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm an honest man, Jordan. I'm honest. I like it. You know, I have a buddy of mine that's a huge fan. He's from Gillette, Wyoming. So I've been hearing about Wyoming whiskey for a while. Yeah, they're, you know, they were, um, they're new to the scene if you're new to whiskey in the last 25 years, but they've, uh, they've done a really good job. They've, they've turned a lot of heads. And uh, one of the big things that they've done is they, they hired the right people. You know, they brought in a guy named Steve Nally to help them kind of outfit everything. Yeah. And he's, he was a master distiller for Maker's Mark for a long time. So, yeah. And so they use a, a weeded recipe. And who's the age on this bad boy? I forget the age, but it's north. It's, I think it's, it's north of five years old. Yeah. It's definitely got some punch to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So that's a hundred and twenty six proof. Yeah. Yeah, man, I always say, like, one of the things whenever you get a good whiff of it and you go back into the glass, if it comes up and puts a little sting in your eyes, you that's that's one that's you get you get your little punch on it. Yeah. Now, do you like the do you like a sip of a little whiskey before you get on stage? We do. We uh actually on our rider uh is we're Basil Hayden camp. Oh, that's about the peak. That's like the peak of, uh, you know, we, we end up going through about three or four bottles a night because we kind of give it to anybody backstage, uh -huh. uh, you know, so kind of it's kind of crew, fan, uh, friend and family whiskey as well. So uh, we very, very seldomly have any leftover, but uh, we always do a shot before going on stage. I'm a Basil Hayden guy. Uh, my guitar player uh, likes Woodford Reserve. My drummer Bryce, who is a who has been a real a guy that I've really enjoyed kind of getting into whiskeys and cigars with. Um, you know, he doesn't he doesn't discriminate. But I think between the the whiskeys we have on the road, he he leans towards Basil Hayden. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. So Basil Hayden is like uh, you know to me, it's like a really good like beginner whiskey. Yeah, because it's so uh, so light and proof, and yeah. it still has you know quite a bit of flavor to it. Um, you know, it's interesting that that's that y'all's go to for the for the crew. Now, what do you what are you hiding from everybody? Because you got something you're not letting anyone else sip. Oh, uh, I usually I hold on pretty hard to my my Jeffersons, uh, mainly because. It's the uh, Jefferson's Ocean that's uh, aged out. So I've been, I've had a chance to go out. A buddy of mine uh, runs Osearch, where uh, they age those barrels at. So it's really cool. So anytime I pass a, a bottle of that, I'll pick it up just because, like, you know, when we were out there, we were out there with them for a week. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and man, I got to have some of that, like, right out of the barrel, which was pretty awesome. That's uh, cool. So you got to see the barrels? On yeah. The that's what and everybody, like – I mean, it literally, you have the, you go downstairs, they have their bait room and then they have about probably about seven or eight stairs. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're sitting at, 
probably a minimum three, four feet under underwater, you know, obviously in on the boat, but, um, but yeah, they're totally, you know, submerged. It's cool. Right before you go into their engine room, you can see their, their whiskey barrel sitting. And I think they just switch them out every, I don't know exactly how many months they keep them out there, but. Uh, so how many barrels did you see when you're in there? They had, I think they usually keep two, it may, maybe three, but it's, it's two or three. It's, it's mm. not, a, it's not a huge amount that, that they keep on the ship. Now you're the first person I know that's been on uh, outside of the people associated with the brand. You're the first person I know that's been on uh, to see to see that. Yeah, I, man, it's it's awesome. I asked to go see it, and they they offered to let me go swimming with the sharks. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, you, could, I, you could do that too, but yeah. So that was like you know I don't you know I don't, I think that's cool that y'all are doing that, but I don't think I really want to swim with sharks because. Yeah, you know, I'll get the hammerhead who gets wedged in the in the cage and takes my arm or something. But right, yeah. But no, if I were to say one of them, and and it could be like more of a a, a sentimental thing, like you know, just like, I mean, I do think it's it's great, great whiskey. But like, uh, you know, I, that that one's kind of kind of my favorite right now. I had a a buddy of mine, um. My first number one got me the uh, Sinatra Jack Daniels, which I think I I do I just drink that just because it's it's kind of like um, it's more you know it's more just like hey this is kind of special for me, mm-hmm. not that it's like something that I'm not afraid to kind of give out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a buddy of mine bring back some uh, some whiskey from Japan. Oh was, yeah, and it's a small, it's a super super small. Uh, bottle so I, I usually lock that one up too i believe it's uh i've got it at my bar over there i'll have to have to grab it for the show i can't remember the exact name of it but it's pretty good but those are my three that that i have at the house right now very nice well we're gonna go from wyoming down to kentucky to uh, a heaven hill product called larceny now, larceny is also a uh weeded bourbon now what i do a lot of times like uh, a lot of times the my guests won't be as versed in whiskey as you are jordan so i'll kind of give them a little tutorial on... no please dude please i want to hey, but i'm you, i'm just you know just i'm just observing you i'm observing you and you're doing everything that i would teach someone which is okay. to to look at it to smell it to taste it you know and you can tell yeah. You can tell that you've got your you've got your thing. You love it. So So this one doesn't have well yeah, it's about up there to it. You sent over this one, this one twenty two point two. Yeah. So we're we're going down in proof a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> now this I think this is my third or fourth time tasting this one. And by God. It is something. I know this is excellent. Mm. Wow. Dude, that's fantastic. Yeah. That is gorgeous. Fred, that get me in trouble right there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, dude. I just have one rule when when I drink with you all. You mus- you musicians, the next day you tend to blame me for for, for your hangover, you know. Well, dude, 
you start bringing whiskey around like like that one goodness gracious that was uh that was great yeah, and see that one doesn't nice. have near the to be as to be up there in proof as the wyoming whiskeys even the it doesn't feel like it doesn't it, it doesn't feel like you're drinking that like it's kind of a it's, it's elegant yeah and that's finished you said it was in is that is that the one that was in aspen no this is uh this is a weeded bourbon oh it's in kentucky yeah this is a good old-fashioned kentucky bourbon so just um give you a good look at it here yeah it's larson it's a relatively new brand but it's just you know basically replacing uh old fitzgerald yeah but it's it's six to this is a composite of uh you know, cash shrink bourbons between six and eight years old. Yeah. Ooh, nope. That one, that one would, man. That one's gonna. I, I lost my headphones there, Jordan. I just ripped them right out of my, out of my ear. <laughs> it's the larceny, man. It got you got excited. Yeah. Well, normally I have wireless headphones, but my one-year-old uh, grabbed them, and I don't know where they are right now. He's got two fascinations of things I own. My. Um, my headphones and my beard brush. So, oh yeah, <laughs> they're probably in the ball pit or something somewhere. Yeah, I got to take man. that one's. This one's gonna be, and I've waited until, you know. But two in, this one's gonna be tough to. Be. Okay. Now this is this is like right up my alley of like you know smooth, not but. Uh, I guess I could say if if I were to had to go down to the if just mm -hmm. out of the first two, like, and I'm like a again big cigar guy, I would go like this with a, I call them breakfast cigars, you know, Connecticut some Connecticut cut. Like, uh, there's a Crown Heads here in, in Nashville that has a lot of great cigars. Campfire, Larceny, Connecticut cut cigar, that's a good night. I agree, and I just imagining there's some meat over the fire too oh yeah yeah we gotta got have, something going. gotta have some kind of meat or yeah um, this isn't a place for vegetables no we're not, we're not having vegetables at this at this point yeah. we're talking about we're talking about a a meat with a side of protein yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know it is it is um it is interesting like these were my i did a blind um i did a blind uh, and I, I don't know if i don't remember it was a blind I did a tasting. Yeah, it was blind. I did a, a blind tasting of cash strength weeded bourbons. Yeah. And these were my top two. And I'm just going back and tasting these two. And they're so different. Both are so uniquely good. Yeah. But I'm with you. That larceny just gets the edge every time. Now, you say you're got, you say you think that's going to be your favorite. And it may just well be. But I'm telling you, this, this, uh, this Parker's Heritage 11-year-old yeah. uh, single barrel is arguably the best one that has ever came out of this collection. Now, okay. This this is named after uh one of my heroes in American whiskey. His name was Parker Beam. He passed away a couple years ago uh from ALS. And yeah. when he was when he was diagnosed with ALS, Heaven Hill uh started uh uh basically donating proceeds from this bottle, this series to the ALS Foundation. So 
this bottle's pretty special and it's almost always packed with good whiskey. They've had a couple duds in the past, but this is one of their one of their best of all time. Really? You know what's cool about uh my family comes from they're all from the Delta in Mississippi and uh Which by the way, I, I meant to tell you this earlier. You don't sound like someone from Louisiana. So you had somebody in your household who like got the got the Louisiana uh, drawl, <laughs> the Cajun drawl out of your the way you speak. Well, we were so we were we were Shreveport, so we were northwest uh, northwest corner. But I always say my parents they met in Louisiana. So my dad was from uh, Batesville, kind of Tupelo, over in the Delta of Mississippi. And uh, my mom was from Jacksonville, Texas. And my grandfather, uh, my dad and my grandfather had a furniture business in Shreveport for, golly, 50 years. And uh, and when my grandfather moved to Shreveport is when about the same time my mom and her family moved. So they met in Shreveport. So I, I don't have any uh, any Louisiana. We were, we were the first the, the first generation growing up. So we don't have any like down south uh mm. cajun, cajun uh ancestry so a lot of ours comes from east texas and uh and mississippi which is cool because my my grandfather well my great great my great grandfather uh they made parker's whiskey in uh, mississippi i never got to taste any but apparently it was pretty good and um and apparently i have a few family members that that did some did some time for for running some whiskey across the mississippi alabama line so oh, i do like that it was called it was called parker's whiskey so when i whiskey. saw that right when you sent it over i was like oh that's cool whiskey's in your blood yeah. i love it <laughs> that's a good and a bad thing fred <laughs> yeah well you'd be amazed at the amount of people i've interviewed over my career everybody has at least one relative i feel like that <laughs> That's been busted yeah. for making whiskey in some way, shape, or form. You know, in 20 years, it's going to be the, you know, everyone's going to come out of the woodwork of like, oh, yeah, my dad used to sell weed. You know, no, I know right? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the new, that's going to be the new bootlegging. Mm-hmm. Man. This, yeah, you might be right on that one, buddy. That's, that's a, that's a good, that's it? a good drink right there. Now I still haven't sipped it. I'm just nosing it. And it's like it's absolutely this is like drop dead gorgeous. I'll just give you an idea of what I'm smelling here. I was about to say, like what 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 do you got? Pulling out of the oven like a like a, a an apple pie. That smell of an apple pie could come right out of the oven. I was just about to say fruity. Like it, it is oh my god but also that fried pie crust you know just like yeah. melting in there butter dripping on it it's just got all of those good smells i mean dude that that that's fantastic oh and then it gets on that jawline just drips down like butter tingles it with spice and sweetness oh this is you don't you don't understand how happy that you went you went fruit there because I, I was scared to say it. I was like, man, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but I'm I am. Like it was like right off the bat, I was like, man, if I would if I would have if I would have gone apple there, I would have 
I would have been the coolest to my band. I would have been like, look, I was on, I was on Fred's show and I nailed it, dude. Rock it up. <laughs> well, you know what? You're, you're onto something. You've got your palate dialed in, right? You're yeah. doing this, you're, you're doing this whole, uh, you know, you, you're able to dial it in from a fruit perspective. Yeah. And now boom, you know, now next time you, you pick up fruit, start tracing it. Like what, what fruit am I getting? Is it yeah. pear? Is it peach? Um, okay. It's peach. Is it fried peach? Is it canned peach? Is it peach pie? Is it peach cobbler? You know, so like that, that's just, a, that's what I do is like, you know, I pick up the fruit and a lot of times it's like where it hits on the palate. Yeah. It's like how I'm able to like determine what it is. And, um, you know, fruit, fruits hit like, will hit the tip of my tongue and then the side of my palate. And so when I feel that side of the palate, I know I've got something there that's like a, um, like very similar to a fruit. And yeah. So I'll dial it in a little bit. When was, the, when, when, when was it that you like really started diving into to, to bourbon? Well, um, honestly, it, it was after, so 2000, so 2005, I got home from Iraq and then yeah. about a, within that year, I started writing about bourbon, but I was still very, I was still very green. I was a bourbon drinker not a bourbon right. yeah, yeah, yeah. student, if you will. Right. And I, I would say 2007 to 2010 is when I like went, I went down into the, I, I studied, I interviewed, studied, drank, sipped, listened to like the master distillers. All the while I was doing wine too. And I was mm -hmm. trying to, I was applying some of those wine tasting techniques into bourbon. Yeah. It was extremely helpful to me. And then, um, and then 2010 to 2013, I would say I went to that next level and then I've just kind of been adding on to it, uh, every year after that. But, um, everybody, everybody who gets into bourbon, you know, they, they have one of those moments, you know, they have one of those moments where like, yeah, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And, um, and really it's, it's stuff like this, you know, I mean, we've never met in person, yeah. but I, I instantly feel like a rapport with you where I, where I feel where we could go hang out and like put a rabbit on the, on the fire, you know, smoke a cigar and sip and some we, whiskey. And that's where, you know, I think for the longest time, like when it came to whiskeys, like, cause I'd had such a, uh, I don't know. I had such just a, a, a a bad view of it on in my college years because it I drank such bad whiskey that it was literally just for going out purposes till you kind of think you grow up a little bit and for me the thing that really got me into it was sitting down with guys that were so much more knowledgeable of it than I was and and the conversations that came out of it like you know we would be sitting there and just like you said like before you know it you're talking about whiskey, some of your favorites, what you like. And three people that you're sitting around in a cigar room with that you've never met, you're all sitting there and it's nothing but just like good conversation, great whiskey, great cigars. And you leave feeling like you're like, all right, guys, well, hey, 
It's like you just made three best friends. That's and, exactly uh, right. And it's it's so much the the environment and 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 I used to watch my dad, you know, sip whiskey whenever I was growing up. And the first time I had it, I was like, I don't I don't get that. Like, why is he doing that? You know, like mix it with diet coke, mix it with something to make it good, and and you know, drink it to where. You know, I hope it's maturity that I'm just like, oh, now I get what he was doing. You know, that's why there was never the same whiskey in the house because he was doing what we were doing. I wish that I could go back, you know, and be like, oh, dad, which we do now. You know, we're like, hey, dad, I got this bottle in. Let's have a few drinks and 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 kind of get into conversation. I just love where it takes you. I feel like it's a it is a it's a. It's a special liquid. <laughs> it, it really is. And there's something else that I have noticed. With, with the exception of a few keyboard warriors and people we call flippers who like buy bottles and flip them, you know, to make money on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bourbon is a, it, it, it transcends every race, every creed, every political belief. Yeah. And I imagine those three friends that you're sitting there, those three new best friends you made, you're not talking about politics. I mean, imagine a place in this world right now oh where you God. don't have to talk politics. Yeah. You know? Well, like, I mean, it's it, it really is. Like, it, you don't – and goodness gracious, it's nothing but just, hey, we found something that we all enjoy. Mm -hmm. like, and it's kind of it, – it, it's so much – not to get too far into, into that, but like, it's the same thing. It's, we may not all agree on the same one. Hey, you may love, you could even be a Scotch guy. You could be drinking Scotch. I'm not a Scotch guy. I'm, you know, but like the bottom line is, is like, we're here. We're talking about our favorite whiskeys, our favorite bourbons. Uh, and it is, it's just, it's the camaraderie in the, in the immediate fellowship that it's just like, that's what I view with, with fine whiskey. Right on. Uh, right on. Yeah. There is, there is one downside to it. Eventually you drop 10 grand on whiskey and then it's 20. <laughs> <laughs> and then before you know it, that one bottle you could get all the time, isn't on the shelf anymore. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then you got to go back to those guys that the, the flippers that yeah. you got to pay way more than <laughs> You're like, hey, I know I was just talking shit on you on the show the other day, but yo, do you got any of that? You know, yeah. kid, I'll, I'll give you 150 for it. <laughs> oh, that's a story of my life right there, Jordan. Yeah, I bet. Sure. All right, so this this Parker's uh, 11 year old. My God, it's gorgeous. It really is. And that's I feel bad. I got the whole bottle here. I only sent you. Oh, no, I know. Hey. I, trust me, I'm I'm gonna enjoy it just just fine. <laughs> now I will tell you that that was the uh, that was the very first pour out of that bottle. So was it really? Yeah. Hey, we're connected. We're connected just through this guy right here. That's right for life. That's it, dude. Sharing a bottle of whiskey. What? what sharing a bottle of whiskey in quarantine. You no, but there's God. nobody else doing that. <laughs> My God. So let's go to the uh, to two ninety one. Now these guys, they're just doing some, they're doing some very different stuff. I mean, they're finishing Aspen staves. They're using smaller barrels. They're making yeah. whiskey in Colorado, which Colorado was never like a whiskey state. It was always a beer state. 
but there's a yeah. lot of distillers there now and they have yeah. all this crazy high elevate high high elevation and i feel like the whiskey coming out of colorado is so unique because it's all up you know two thousand three thousand you know feet above sea level yeah you know the first uh we did what was it sorry i got some dogs behind me this is what happens when we're in quarantine and we're all here hey lock it up <laughs> uh the first, we did uh sundance the film festival they have a really cool like kind of songwriters night and we got a chance to go up there and um and we went to high west at, uh, oh yeah in, in utah the distillery which is in or sorry utah that was in utah uh yeah park, or park city yeah yeah park yeah, city yeah. utah yeah yeah like uh, utah colorado i mean they're both high in the air you know yeah they're out there and and that was what it was uh is a little sweeter than like uh so I was wondering if this is going to be, I haven't, I haven't tasted yet. So I'm wondering if this is going to have any of that sweetness or it could have just been the high West, but. Well, so high West, actually a lot of their stuff comes from another distillery and they blend it there. So oh, really? not necessarily bottling everything that they distill. Yeah. Now the 291, this is a rye. So it's not, you know, the, the flavor profile, you know, when you have rye, they tend to be a little spicier, a little more herbally. Yeah, but, this definitely doesn't smell like it's going to be sweet at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is like going walking through a cedar or pine forest. You know, it's yeah, just that's it's it's a uh, in the words it, it's pungent. I mean, to be honest with you, your cedar pine is, is about spot on. That's kind of, it's very, very woody. Yeah. But the thing about it is, and I don't know if you agree, but I, I just don't find that this is like, it doesn't suck, you know, and it's got a, it's got a place in the cabinet and it's like, yeah. if you're, if you're in the mood for, I mean, I honestly, I'm in the mood sometimes for some of those kind of like raunchy, peaty things. And yeah. so I have like some ultra freaking heavy peated scotches. And then sometimes yeah. I'm in the mood for something real citrusy. Um, and it does happen where, I, you know, I want that kind of like that herbal piney, you know, flavor. And I, and these things, you know, 291, this stuff, this stuff makes really good cocktails. So like, yeah, you can like play around with that with some citrus. I mean, it it does nice in a cocktail. I mean, but, dude, uh, like one of my something that's like two two and and this was me trying to get my wife into it. Mm -hmm. uh, just taking the zest of an orange, and you know something that's like really robust and like heavy. Uh, you know just a zest of an orange just to kind of squeeze it in there maybe cut off half of it and drop it in it's probably super like for us it'd be like it just tastes like an orange but at mm -hmm. least for me i can sit down i'm like all right my wife's sipping whiskey this is kind of cool you know it probably tastes like an orange yeah <laughs> she's sipping whiskey but uh yeah like maybe something like, you know like a manhattan uh i could i could see that being being a strong 
a great, great Manhattan mixer there. So we have we have opposite problems with our wives when it comes to whiskey. My wife is stealing all my good whiskey. <laughs> so uh, she's into it, huh? Yeah. Uh, so she. Uh, so that's one of the good things about the pandemic is I'm not traveling. Yeah. And and like she had like this. Uh, I was coming home, or I was I don't remember what it was, but she was like hiding. Like I could tell she was pouring something in like the corner, and it was my Michter's twenty year old. You know, I, I just saw this like little wax label from the corner. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, well, I'm having my little nightcap with my cookie. I was like, no, don't. That yeah. means we don't have that much left, you know, and, you know, but it, and then she would she made a whiskey sour. She makes whiskey sours with with like three hundred dollar um, whiskeys. And I'm just like, it drives me crazy. Yeah. And now now we I we have a pact in the home. We will not drink the really great whiskey unless it's with each other. Yeah. I think that's, that's what's, uh, you know, for me, my, my wife is, like I said, I'm trying to get her into, into sipping whiskey. She's a wine gal. So I'm fine by that too. But like we have those few bottles where we're like, Hey, don't let me come home and see. We have a orange Swift is, uh, the prisoner is one of our favorite bottles. And I came home the other night and the, I had an open bottle of Prisoner and it was just her sitting around talking on the phone with some of her friends. And I was like, babe, this me, this is in that category. Like, this is one of my favorite wines. Let's not do this. So luckily I don't have that problem that you have, Fred. <laughs> you know, <laughs> a, every time you leave that your whiskey is in danger. <laughs> I have an idea. So would your wife ever want to come on the show with my wife and we have like a date night and we have like this whole thing where we try to get her to like sipping whiskey. I think you're onto something. And we can, I can do some like pre bat We can have some pre-batch cocktails made and sent there and we can go through this whole process of just getting her into whiskey. Fred, that would be not only would I, I would absolutely love that. We've started this thing of, uh, in the quarantine, we're trying to do different things that kind of, you know, we can't go to restaurants. We can't do all this stuff. If, if we could do that one night, I would be the husband of all husbands. <laughs> I love it. So, right, well, dude, I, I'm in, I think that'd be fantastic. All right. Well, let's, let's start planning that. It's gotta be, you know, here's the tricky part. Right. And so like I record in my office, which is away from my house. Yeah. I don't know how to do this at my house without the six year old running up on the scene and, you know, somehow flashing his ass or something. You know, <laughs> you're, you're how old your kid, your kids one or six months. Nah, you said, uh, yeah, six months, almost seven. And you have, and you have one kid. Just one. Okay. So this is the best age right now. Like they, oh, yeah. they, they can't do anything, you know, yeah. so they, they can't run. You they get, the <laughs> I mean, you're, you're safe, but at six, it's like, I mean, the kid, so the kid will just come up out of nowhere and just like punch me and like yeah. in the back. And I'm like, we're not wrestling right now, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it'll take me like two days to recover and I'll have this big bruise. And yeah. Yeah. But Hey, I do. I do love that. I love that idea. I think that'd be awesome. Uh, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it happen. She would be all for it. What are uh, what what's your favorite like cocktail? 
Uh, it's a it's a cocktail called the Brown Derby. Uh, my favorite whiskey cocktail is a Brown yeah, yeah. Derby, and uh, it's basically uh, bourbon, uh, grapefruit, and honey. And and you know it's it's a magical combo. I just absolutely love it. And, bourbon, and then, grapefruit, and honey. Yeah, it's honey, 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 citrus, and uh, and whiskey are a magical combo. But oh, yeah, grape, yeah. grapefruit and honey, it specifically. But when you use honey, you have to make sure you stir it with a little bit of water first, because it gets all gloppy if you put yeah. it in there uh, by itself. So would it and, be uh, like? Like what's what, like what's the ratio there? Because I'm not trying. Unless it's like your secret thing, you don't want to give away. But oh no! Oh, you know what? It'd be best. I'll I'll send you the recipe. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I'll send you the recipe because it's uh, you know, I have I have the way I do it, and then I have the what's common. Um, but yeah, I'll send you. I wrote a I wrote about this for Parade Magazine. God, it might be ten years now, but yeah. like this this. But the the cocktail itself was created in Hollywood at this place called the Brown Derby, which is this famous like uh, restaurant that all the Hollywood types would go to. So it doesn't even have like a, I was thinking like a Kentucky Derby play. No, it, no, it was just it was a big hat. And it was called the Brown Derby, and and now it's getting it's getting pulled in different directions. But the real origins of it is this restaurant. And Disney actually recreated. So get this. So Disney recreated this restaurant. I think it's it's at Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And we go to Hollywood Studios. I see the Brown Derby there. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like freaking beelining <laughs> to this place, all excited, thinking they're gonna have like a wall dedicated to the greatest like bourbon cocktail in the world. And they didn't have it on the freaking yeah. menu. They didn't have it on the menu. Walking so, a bartender out of me. <laughs> and so and so I'm telling the waitress, I was like, Do you guys realize that the greatest cocktail, the greatest bourbon cocktail in the history of cocktails was invented at the Brown Derby? And you guys don't have it on the menu. You're like, uh, well, let me get the manager. And so the manager comes over. <laughs> I'm telling them the story about the Brown Derby. We come back a year later, it's on the menu and they have the recipe all wrong. <laughs> no way. Yeah. And so I was like, I give up. I give up. <laughs> I'll just have a beer. <laughs> the Brown Derby. I'm gonna, yeah, shoot it over. I want to try it. That'd be awesome. Right on, man. So what's new for you? What, well, hold on, hold on. We got to go back to the whiskey for a second. I don't want to. Yeah. We, we got to stay in. I'm, we got to pick my, your favorite. My hands my hands on Parker right now. <laughs> yeah? Okay. What's after Parker? Larceny? Is it Larceny? I'd probably go Larceny. And then uh, for some reason, I don't know why, I, I would go the – I would go the – Rye over Wyoming. So I would go Parker's, Larceny, the Rye, and then Wyoming whiskey. All right. What about you, like out of these? What? What? How would you? Um, I'm probably, I'm probably pretty close. So from a degree of separation, okay. Parker's is like, yeah. Parker's is like Tom Brady. Okay. So. Yeah. So it's like Tom Brady. And, you know, great greatness all around it. And then the other three, you know, they're they're not close close, but they're they're close enough where I would pick one of the one of them over the other 
on any given day. But on today, I'm going, I'm actually going in the exact same order as you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, I'm really, I'm really liking the two. Not even that the Wyoming is, is, it's still great. And like, to be honest with you, like, probably going to get a bottle, get like a, I get a big old coffee note in it too now. Yeah. You know what? That actually would that around like holiday time when you're trying to, when you're, when you get too much family in and you're trying to sneak in a last minute cocktail, the perfect, Hey, you guys want some decaf coffee? Slip in a little <laughs> Wyoming whiskey. I'm giving all my secrets, Brad. <laughs> I love it. I love this it. Would be, this would be a great, uh, little add-in to that but so, i do like i still like it but. yeah no it's it actually i think it might be the most expensive one on the in the flight i think uh i think that's north of 300 i'm not very good on my srps i just i just drop the money and then leave yeah or i or i, or I get samples um but i i think i've established i spend too much money on whiskey Hey, there's no, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You love it. Now, do you, do you have something in music you spend a lot of money on that you shouldn't like, like old, um, old vinyl or, or guitars Man, or something? How, if I see a guitar I love, and, and and here's here's the good thing about like I'm very, like my love for a guitar is very high, mm -hmm. but if it ever if I ever strum something and that first strum is like oh my god i love this guitar mm -hmm. I, I i the price tag at that point it doesn't, doesn't matter really how doesn't many matter. guitars do you have like, i have six now mm -hmm. uh six acoustic guitars so it's like it's not even it's so terrible because like my guitar player he has nine guitars but they're electric guitars and each one of them like at least have like a different you know, kind of feel sound like d does better at different things. And, uh, with this one, my acoustic guitars, like three of them sound the exact same. Um, mm -hmm. uh, in my, like I have one, it's a 1972, uh, Gibson country and Western, uh, the guy before me, I bought it at the Chicago music exchange. Uh, the guy before me had his initials carved into the, head of the guitar mm -hmm. so for the longest time i thought that like gibson just made this model of country and western that had gsn carved into the thought maybe gibson something else after that i finally asked a guitar buddy he's like no dude i guess the person behind you he just like had somebody brand that into the head of his guitar somehow chicago music exchange gets it i'm there before a show and I picked this guitar up, strum it one time, and I was like, I'm going to get this guitar. And and this was before I was in a spot in music where I should have been spending, I think that guitar cost me $5,300. Wow. And I did not have $5,300 to spend at all. Max in the credit card, baby. Put it on a credit card, dude. I put it, <laughs> here's how I told myself it, friend. I go, well, I'll put it on my Southwest card, and I'll uh, just get the point. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole way home the whole way home i was like well 
you know, I'm trying to do music. Like I'm trying to make it, you, you, you got to invest in it. You got to invest in your career. And I was like, you didn't need to invest that right then. But Hey, listen, you got a story out of it. I mean, I yeah. think that thing's got you uh, a lot further than, you know, than, you know, and it gave you the confidence. Maybe there's some nice, like, you know, GSN guy gives you some yeah <laughs> special stuff. And it I don't is know. crazy to think that like his, uh, I wrote, my first two number one songs were written on that guitar. So like, I wonder who GSN is to know, like he probably sold that guitar to pawn shop and now I picked it up. I don't know. To think back on like some of the instruments that people play, I'm just like, man, I wonder what the, I wonder what the bloodline, what the story of that guitar is. Uh, All right. So I'm going to give, I'm going to think of a story here. So this guy, he's, He's hard on his luck, but he meets like he meets like the the woman of his dreams and and they get pregnant and he's yeah. like, I, I have to get her a suitable ring. I have to get her a good ring. The only thing he has in value in his entire collection he gives yeah. is the guitar. He sells the guitar. Western, there it is. And and then the, all that all that beautiful energy of love is put in the guitar and, and given to you. I love that story. Uh, I, you know what? To be honest with you, I'm just going to run with that. Like, I, I mean, it's true. I it, I know it. I feel it in my bones. Like that is <laughs> that is. I'm I'm going to roll with that story. Yeah. That's uh, you know, I really do. I think that some songs. We were talking about this the other day. Uh, me and a buddy of mine I co-write with a lot, just about how, you know, some songs you write and some songs come to you and you just got to be lucky enough to catch them. And uh, I've had, you know, a lot of both. But mm -hmm. uh, I do think that there there's some mojo with instruments that you just feel. It just feels good to play that guitar. And when you feel good, you know, it's just, you never know what's going to come out. So Right on. Yeah, let's talk about like when you did with that first moment where you did get that number one song. I mean, I mean, you worked your ass off to get to that point to where even you know where anybody would even just like show up to listen to you and to, like to feel that. What what was that like? That first moment, man. It's such a as a so my uncle kind of going back. My uncle's a songwriter in town or in Nashville. Uh, he moved, you know, I think mid eighties. Uh, my dad wrote songs around the house. So like country music and songwriting had always been something that was just very, that, that our family just loved. My dad, uh, you know, he always listened to guys like Don Williams and Jim Croce and John Prine. And so at a very young age, you know, a, a, a great song would stop me in my track. And, but it wasn't until after college that I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Nashville. I was working a job in Baton Rouge. I wasn't very happy. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pack up, move to Nashville, chase something that I know I'm passionate about, that I know that like, hands down, I've been, I've been listening to songwriters since I was seven years old. I know I love this. I'm going to go chase after it while I'm still young, you know, single. I wasn't married, wasn't, wasn't dating anybody at the time. 
had some money saved up. I'm going to Nashville. I'm going to try this. And all I wanted was for my songs to be played on the radio. And so when A, when your first song gets played on the radio, it's a feeling that you'll never forget. I was in Houston, Texas. I was at a Sprouts parking lot. Uh, you know, it was probably 3.30. It was right after Carrie Underwood before he cheats. Like I can t- like tell you down to the the second of where I, where I was when the first time I heard my song on the radio. At that point, everything I'd moved to Nashville to accomplish had been accomplished. Like I didn't even think past that because that I, I moved to town to have my songs played on country radio because I was a country radio kid. Fast forward probably almost a year later. And my record label calls me and says, hey, congratulations, you have the number one song in the country. Fred, I can't even tell you, like, just, I, I just had to be by myself a little bit. Because, like, it's it's something that, I guess, like, leading up to it, once you saw that it was, like, top five, you know, and then you got into the top threes, and before you know it, like, you hadn't even processed it, like, hey, you have a chance of having a number one song when people move to Nashville and spend their entire careers fighting to get what you have a chance of getting. And then somebody to call you and give you that phone and and give you that news, man, it's, um, it it was super emotional. Like, you know, I I found out late at night. Uh, I called, uh, I woke my wife up and called my mom, called my dad. Uh, and they were all kind of like, Hey, congratulations, but can you call me in the morning? <laughs> uh, but like, you're just so, it, it, it's like, you're so excited. Um, so, I mean, it really is. That first one is very special. I've been blessed to have two beyond that. And, uh, but man, I, I'll never, I'll never forget that first, that first number one. And many more on the way, my friend. For I sure. hope so. Hey, I'll drink some Parker's Heritage to that. Hell yeah. yeah. Toast to that, my friend. <laughs> This is, this is what I find, you know, I find this devast this, this time right now devastating for uh, rising stars and music because they can't get out. Now you're not a rising star by any means. You're, you're established. Uh, people know who you are. You've, um, you know, you're in high demand. But those those people who are trying to get discovered and get things out, I mean, the dynamic of music is it's forever changed. Yeah. I mean, how do you how does how does a new musician get found today if you can't play at a bar? You know? Yeah. Um, it's crazy for me to say this, but I, I would honestly say, like, you know, wait until wait until you you can get back out there because. And I say this because there's so many, you, we just, we just put every artist, we, we took away their touring. We took away their, their live. So their, their live performance is gone. So you have every artist, every songwriter, every singer, every fighting for attention online. And Fred, I'll, I'll open my Instagram and see, 15 lives across the top of my phone 
to where like I would love to watch all of them, but you know it, it's just not possible. Yeah. So like I would just say get better at at, at the craft of songwriting. Dial into who you are as an artist. Dial into your producing. Uh, make the best projects so that when the gates are opened and these venues open, you know, are are like, hey, we can have live shows again. Come on, let's let's have some music. That when you walk on that stage, you have the best product. You have the best songs. Um, you know, you're you are you are ready to go because I really do feel like it's. You know, it, it's just a, it's going to be a flood of, of artists going out to play, to play wherever they can play. Mm-hmm. Uh, even us looking at, you know, shows in the future, shows that we would have on Fridays and Saturday nights are getting moved to Tuesdays and Wednesdays because the demand is going to be so high that they know that they could get somebody even bigger than, you know, bigger than me to come into that venue. So I'm getting bumped to a Wednesday night where I was supposed to be there originally on a Saturday. Uh, Mm. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a weird time, which is why I would say really hone in on the craft that makes you special and makes you stand out. Well, that's, uh, I mean, I, 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 every musician, if you're listening, I mean, every musician needs, no matter where you are, it's your level. You got to pay attention to that because I'm I'm seeing I'm I'm seeing every like you were saying about the Instagram live. I mean everybody is trying to get on there, and the one the one positive of that for me is that the the publicists and the managers see my show as like a man. This is a good opportunity for for an artist. So I'm I'm having like a, you know a lot of really big names reach out to me. Yeah. to you know to get on the show and my first question is do they drink whiskey well you know <laughs> i was like well i don't know you know with a few exceptions i don't know how much i want to have a um have a, a a whiskey conversation with someone who doesn't drink <laughs> right right no it's uh it really is just a, a thing of and i was talking to a friend of mine the other day about you know, what, what is it that, that we're going to come out of this better at, you know, like yeah. what is that one thing that, you know, obviously this, this slowdown has given us a ton of time to hopefully kind of reflect on some things, you know, for me, you know, I'm not a great guitar player. I'm not a great piano player. So I'm like, Hey man, I have all this downtime to really dive into those two instruments and make my show better when we can hit the road again. Like, Mm -hmm. and at the same time, you know, we're entertainers We're we're called to entertain people. So it's like, Hey, let's release music. So we moved our EP up a couple months because we felt like people are at home. They can't go to shows. Let's give them new music. And we're already kind of talking about another release of another song in a couple of weeks. It's like something something to, to, to look forward to for our fan base in just a, a tough time. Uh, I've seen a lot of creativity coming out, coming from, from music in terms of like how to stand out. Probably one of the coolest things I've seen uh, was Crowded House. You know, the band Crowded House. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, 80s and 90s. Uh, they uh, they they basically zoomed like the entire band. Like they're all you know in different places. You know Neil Finn, Neil Finn's kind of leading it, and um, they're singing "Don't Dream It's Over," and they're like all like spot on, and they're like, and it's like, wow, how did they do that? I mean, that's talk about being in sync with your fellow band members. I know. I wish we were that dialed in. We are not. <laughs> <laughs> but we they've been together. They're like brothers, oh, yeah. and they've been together for like forever. So yeah, <clears throat> we've tried a few things to you know, kind of get out there, it, it, full band things. And uh, it, it's tough. Like we have one coming out in a couple of weeks that we did that we're, we're proud of. And, uh, but we didn't do it live. It was, you know, it was kind of split up and, and we had some, we had some studio help on that one. Well, what else is, you got the, the EPs out now or did it just, is about to be out? So it came out on Friday. This past okay. Friday. So I was a part of the move. It got moved up conversation. So it got moved up recently then. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we, so right whenever, I guess early March, we were supposed to play C to C. We play a couple shows in the UK. And that was right when, you know, the talk of a band, a travel band started. So, A, I, I was terrified. Uh, so I immediately like called everybody. I was like, hey, I got to get home. Uh, Eloise was only, a, you know, two or three months old. And luckily, we got back to the airport, flew back home. But on the way home, I just kind of had this gut feeling that, like, touring was going to be shooken up for a little bit. You know, I didn't yeah. know. And I knew we had all these songs recorded that we were working on for an album. Uh, so I was like, man, what, what if this ha if touring goes away, if if large venues get get, then what are we gonna do? And if we don't have new music out, we're just gonna be sitting around twiddling our thumbs until October, which was the initial release date. Uh, so luckily, and I, I do I have an amazing team, and they kind of scrambled. And we're like, all right, let's let's put an EP out, something to bridge, you know, get us till October. And uh, but that was all. Those, all those talks started in March. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it, it wasn't. I know that seems like a long time ago, but in music terms, it it takes a it takes a while to get anything like actually, you know, rolling. Right. Well, what's next for you? Yeah, I hope playing live music oh man <laughs> i mean yeah. you know we're uh you know we're still writing I'm, I'm still writing two to three times a week whether it be on zoom or uh we've recently just started I've, I've got a big backyard so i can have people over you know keep a safe distance if anybody's uncomfortable you know we're out open air six mm -hmm. feet apart you know but like just just being in the same space is I feel like more creative for me, but uh, yeah, continuing to write and still planning to put a new album out in October. Um, but yeah, just um, man, just continuing to also look at some of those things that, 
that I'm trying to get better at to just, just to quarantine. Um, well, and we, and we have a mutual goal here. We have a mutual goal to get your wife liking whiskey. So that is true. We have a date night coming up and we got We got to get that on the books. My friend, we got to figure this all out. I'm going to connect with one of the, uh, a friend named uh, Charles Jolie, who's the basically the world's best mixologist. He now has a craft uh, uh, bottled cocktail program. I'm going to see if he can soup some uh, some stuff up for us, where uh, where we'll be we'll be set. Like there's yeah, no yeah. like his cocktails. Mike are like my cocktails are like you know I'm like your uh, your your high school your high school band in comparison to him being like the Beatles. You know. Hey, so. I'm- I'm all I'm all for it. I know she would be all for it, and and I think that I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think it'd be oh, it's fun. gonna be great. We're gonna have a great time with it. And my wife too. She's she's got her chops, man, and she'll spend most of her time making fun of me. So it'll work out real nicely. <laughs> that'll make too, because my wife will do the same thing. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. What do we What do we do? We're just putting up with this. Like, okay, all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But we'll be there for each other. We'll we'll de- we'll defend each other That's on that it. one. But That's it. man, I'm a, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited for you. Uh, you're an incredible talent. Uh, I don't care if you got bumped from uh, Saturday to Wednesday. Ain't nothing holding you back, brother. Ain't nothing holding you back. This pandemic ain't got shit on your talent. And I know you don't want to give your credit on guitar, but um, I've listened to you on guitar, and you're pretty damn good. So well, give yourself I- some credit there. Dude, and, and I'm a huge fan, man. And this this has been this has been awesome. Uh, I've been walking past these samples you sent me all week, looking forward to this and to crack them open and get to talk whiskey with you, man. I'm a huge fan, and um, and, and looking forward looking forward to our next hang. Heck yeah! I'll see if I can whip up a little bit more of this uh, Parker's eleven uh, year old for you. She, I mean, she was there, but I'm, I need to get back into the vial. You know what? Let's let's do that. I'll dip into mine. You dip into yours. We'll just we'll just do a we'll do a closing toast of this. And uh, you probably got music to write. I got a I got a video premiering here in about forty five minutes, so I got to get ready to go chat with my you do my posse on the YouTube. So cheers, my friend. Cheers. Thank you so much, Fred. Pleasure was mine. So wasn't that a great? Uh, wasn't that a great interview with uh, Jordan Davis? Listen, he is an amazing, a very accomplished musician. I'm loving his new EP out called Almost Maybes. It is really, you know, Almost Maybes is like, I mean, we could all live in that moment where we're like, oh, I almost was there, but maybe didn't get it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy, but he does a really great job of capturing uh, capturing the almost maybes of everybody in that song. So go check that out. And, you know, next week we have Derek Trucks on, you know, formerly with the Allman Brothers. Uh, of course, the Derek Trucks band and his he and his wife are so incredibly talented together. But he was a prodigy. You know, he was one of these one of these great, you know, guitarists very early on. And Derek Trucks, man, just was awesome to interview because i'm a big fan of his my family and i would just sit around and watch his stuff on youtube so what a what a great joy it was to uh interview one of my musical heroes but that's going to do it for this week again make sure you're subscribing checking it out you know clicking the uh, subscribe button however you get your podcasts but uh derek trucks is next week 
and you know we have a lot of great musicians ahead and actors and chefs and comedians that's right we're gonna have some comedians coming on so make sure you're clicking subscribe and uh give us a like in your you know however it is you get your podcast if it's if it's apple spotify you know if you can give us a review that would help us It'd go a long way you know to help us with the algorithms we are dominated by the algorithms in this world and uh you know i hope you uh hope you help us out here but a big thanks to everybody who helps who helps make the Fred Minnick Show possible. Gary Krantz, Clay Bush, uh, Jonathan, Justin, uh, Pamela Fur, Kevin Gibson. You all are the best. Thank you so much. Be safe out there, everybody. Remember, vodka sucks. Cheers. been listening to the fred minnick show brought to you by beeline visit findyoursippingpoint.com by michter's american whiskeys for more information on fred's books articles and more just go to fredminnick.com <laughs>